is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Well, how good it is to worship together. Oh, wow. That, um, uh, the, the tongue that uh, Naomi brought and then the interpretation that, that David brought in the context of, of the, the wonderful worship that we were led in so, so well um, really spoke to, my, spoke to my heart, really speaks into what we're talking on um, this morning, last, last week, if, if you weren't here, if you, were, if you were serving in another area in the church, didn't get a chance to hear Graham's talk last week, um, let me encourage you to, to get to it. He was reminding us of the prophetic foundations of this church. Now, for some of us, they, that may have been a reminder, a little bit of a, a readjustment of the course, a little bit of a, oh yeah, that, I, I remember that. And, and, and rekindling of that fire. Some of us might have been hearing it for the first time. But let me encourage you, understanding where we've come from and the promises that have been spoken over the church in the first place, so important. Um, so do catch up with that on, on YouTube or on our church website, or you, could, you can now uh, pick up the podcast even on Spotify and various places like that. Uh, so do, do check that out. Um, we are going into this week of prayer and fasting uh, the, uh, this week. We're, we're embarking on it now. Let me hear a yay for that. <laughs> oh, yay. Fasting. Great. Let me, uh, yeah, I, I, know what you, I know what we're thinking. Um, and I know that for some of us, that might, um, that might feel like a bit of an unobtainable Level that might feel like a bit of a well, you know, I haven't leveled up to that yet. I'm still dealing with the prayer stuff down here, and um, uh, and I, I want to encourage you that that might not be the best way to see it. I think I, I feel like the Lord has taken me on a bit of a journey with fasting, and I think part of the reason that it has resounded, His message has resounded so much in my heart on this, is that I'm not a very good prayer. Okay? I, I'm not that good at praying. I, I am someone who constantly needs encouragement to lift my eyes up from what I can see, what's going on in the here and now, and lift up to go, what's got, let me take this to God. I'm often one to try and, I'll deal with this on my own, thank you very much. Um, and actually, I, I need encouragement to say, I'm taking this to God. And Fasting, for me, actually is a way of helping me do that. Um, as, as I'm saying in my body, right, I'm hungry. Now, that's at the very least, that's just a reminder to pray. Oh, I'm hungry. Why am I hungry? Oh, yeah, because I'm praying today. Don't let this day be for waste. Don't be hungry just, just for, uh, for an absolute waste of time. No, bring it to God. Bring your hungry prayers to God, and for, and for me, that's that's been so helpful in helping me step out of the, the just what I can see, the here and now, just what's just what's there, to lifting my eyes up to the to the heavens, lifting what's up up to to the Lord, what's on my heart, um, and 
so let me encourage you. If you're, if you're about to go, if you're thinking, right, it's a week of prayer and fasting, well, it's a week of prayer. That's, that's the level I'm at. Please, please for my, my story is definitely fasting has helped me in prayer and is still helping me in prayer because I'm still not a very good prayer. Okay, and I still need that constant encouragement to lift my eyes up and, fo- and follow after him. And so as we embark on, on talking about um, prayer and fasting, really fasting is, in a biblical sense, is, is giving up food or certain types of food um, so, so that you can concentrate on God. Um, and, and you have more time to spend with God. And also the, there's, there's, a, there's a denying of yourself in, in, the, in the physical way that, that, looks, that means that you're looking up to God in a different way. However, that isn't the only way to do it. For, for many of us, we might be sitting here thinking, well, actually, fasting isn't an option. Fasting from a health point of view or from a work point of view actually isn't an option for me this week. And, and that's fine. There are going to be other ways that we can look at releasing time or sacrificing into that position of fasting. So there's going to, there's going to be something for us if we're looking at fasting into food. There's going to be something for us if we're looking into fasting um, of our time, of our entertainment, that, that kind of thing. Okay? Um, and how we're going to start this off is uh, by picking up in our next passage in Mark. We're going through the, the, the story of Jesus as told, as witnessed by Peter, written down in a wonderful way by Mark. Uh, you'll, so you'll find that in your Bibles, just second book in the New Testament. We're going to be in Mark chapter 7. And this passage is not about fasting. So we're going to be launching our week of prayer and fasting, not talking about a passage that's anything to do with fasting. It makes, but I look at this and I, it makes me feel about the, the same spiritual way as fasting does. I think there's stuff going on in the spiritual stuff that we'll see today that I think is very applicable for what happens in the spiritual um, as we fast. So we're looking at Mark chapter 7. If you want to turn uh, to verse 24. I'm going to have a quick sip of water and we'll pray and then get on with it. Lord, we love your word. We recognize that it is eternal, but is also from a long time ago, written to a totally different people, in a totally different time, a totally different culture, but it was written to encourage your believers in your church. And we know that your scripture, God breathed, is, is so helpful for our understanding. So speak to us, Jesus. We ask, Holy Spirit, would you show us What's, what's going on in in this in these scriptures that would that would just resound so deeply in our heart? Come, Lord God. Amen. Okay, so Mark chapter seven, verse twenty-four. 
In my Bible, this is called the faith of a Syrophoenician woman. Um, Jesus left that place. That place was where he had been. He'd been talking uh, to people about, uh, talking mainly to Jewish people about um, foods that were clean and unclean. So he left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. Um, Tyre is a bit more of a Gentile area, so so um, fewer Jews and more uh, more non-Jews essentially. Uh, so. Um, yeah, the, the word for non-Jew is Gentile in the Bible. And he, so he went to the vicinity of, of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he couldn't keep his presence a secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply... You may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home, found her child lying on the bed, the demon gone. In Mark's story here of Jesus, there's in, in, in the middle of this of this book where, where we are. Bread comes up as quite a bit of a, a theme. We, we have the feeding of the 5,000. We have, we have Jesus saying, look, there's some bread on the table for Jewish people here, but actually it's not, it's not for you yet. We're, we're going to be going on to the feeding of the 4,000 um, uh, uh, in, in coming weeks. Um, later on this, uh, this morning, we're going to be sharing communion where we break bread together. Um, and, and bread is this, is this theme that goes on, and it's kind of the context for Jesus. In, in this house, there's probably a bit of a meal going on. He's, he's being refreshed after his journey, and this, this woman turns up, and, and she is in need. Her daughter is desperately ill. The, the, the Bible here refers to her having um, an evil spirit or a demon, um, I'm afraid we haven't got time to, to get into the ins and outs of exactly what that means um, and, and the understanding of, of what that's like. I think it's fairly safe to say that she was very ill, that she was very distressed um, and not living a full and abundant life. And it was causing great distress, understandably, to this girl's mum. And this girl's mum is Greek. She's a Gentile. Jesus is a Jew. And I want us to address something that I just feel, feel is just quite striking in this, in this passage, which is the language that Jesus uses. Okay, so, so he, there's, this, there's this moment where he refers to her as a dog. I, for me, that's actually really quite hard to hear. Um, 
but, but I want us to kind of look into the context of this, look into what's explaining, uh, what's actually going on, and, and, and see what's happening. Because I think it would be fair to say if, if I stood up here and started talking about someone as a different, uh, who was of, of a different race to me, different income to me, different gender to me, and started calling them names like a dog, something like that. I think I'd be doing, I think there'd be fair uproar. I think I'd be lucky, I'd probably be rugby tackled off the stage. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be lucky to only get punched in the mouth. And, and actually, I can imagine that the church wouldn't be very full next week. It would be, it would be very damaging. Um, and that's, at first looks, that's sort of what's going on here, okay? Jesus is Jewish, so part of the community descended from Abraham. God made a, a covenant with Abraham, an enduring promise to bless his people, his descendants. And, and so throughout their history, the Jewish people, the, the, the nation of Israel has lived in the blessing of God and lived like he is their God. And then perhaps he's got a little, that blessing's made things a little bit easier and they've taken their foot off the gas a little bit and, and they've started to look elsewhere and, and give their hearts and their times and priorities to anything else other than God and being the people of God. And so they start to fall away a bit and the blessing is that they're no longer living under his blessing anymore. And eventually they come around to this idea, oh, hang on, aren't we the people of God? Didn't we, didn't we have all this blessing and now we don't? Oh, what should we do? Oh, let's, let's start turning our hearts back to him again and, and doing what he has commanded and knowing him again. And actually the, then the blessing starts and then it, it gets really good and they start to go, oh, this is really good. We don't really need to try very hard. Let's just take our foot off the gas a little bit. And you see this cycle starts to happen here yeah, where they're, they're in their need, they go close, then it gets easy, then they, then they fall away. And it, it's like this all the way through. And the people, the, the Jewish people have just been through 400 years of God not saying a thing. That's a very, very long time when you are the people of God. And actually, the, the, the Pharisees at this point are saying, look, we really need to try hard to get God to love us again. So let's take all of the laws, let's take all of the laws that, that are written down and let's try really hard. In fact, let's, let's, if, if the law line is written here, then let's actually just, let's, let's make sure that we just come to this point and not even get there. And then hopefully if we're really, really good, then God will come back and he'll, he'll think that we can be his people again. And so that's the context going on with the Pharisees. And, and Jesus is this long-awaited Messiah who has come to announce to the Jewish people that the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's, it's before your face. And so that is Jesus' job. Right? So, so in the context of he, he has got a mission to the Jewish people. And he's referring to, look, there's some bread on the table here for my Jewish brothers and sisters. I'm not, I can't give it to you yet. There were probably, in, the, in this context, there was probably bread on the table. There were probably 
some dogs around the table, pet dogs, that were, that, that were there. So he was probably talking about what you could see. But Jesus is also coming to announce that the kingdom of God is not just about the, the blessing that Jewish people thought they had in God. Like the, the covenant that, that the Lord made with Abraham is that you will be blessed, your descendants will be blessed, and all nations of the earth will be blessed through you. So this is not just designed to be contained and compressed into you. Jesus is calling for the announcement of, of, of that this kingdom is about to break out now. It's not just going to happen within the, within the Jewish people. It's actually going out into the world. And in the context of this then, it seems even weirder that, that someone of a different background, a different nationality to him comes up to, comes up to the great Jewish rabbi and says, uh, in her need, and he says, you're a dog. I find it really difficult to, to get my head around. Let's remember who wrote this story. This is Mark's story written by Peter's eyewitness accounts. And Peter had a big journey in this. He was very much, look, Jews keep themselves to themselves. We don't, we don't um, associate with non-Jewish people. We don't associate with Gentile people. And so... There was terminology that goes with that kind of thing. With that separation comes some terminology. It's kind of easier to keep yourself separate from people when, when amongst the Jewish community, you might refer to the non-Jewish as dogs. What we know of writings from that time as well is that actually the non-Jewish communities, the Gentile people, had words for the Jews that were, that were similarly not pleasant. And actually, through the history of the Jewish people, there have been numbers of, word, numbers of words and names used about them, which are horrible and lead to their oppression. Let me allow you into something what I think is going on here uh, through perhaps the memoir of a youth leader a little bit. So... Learning how young people learning how to use social media, Instagram, that that kind of thing. One one of um, our young people who love very much, um, I, I saw um, on on their Instagram, it was it was middle fingers up to it was a it was a picture of this person with their middle fingers up to the camera. I was I'd not seen that of this person, my friend, and. I was, I was quite shocked. Quite, and, and so I thought, what can I do to help him understand that actually that's, that's, uh, that feels a bit odd? And I'm sorry if, this, if you feel let down by my actions, what I did here. But the next time I saw him, I put my middle fingers in his face. And he, he was like, what? what's going on here? I was like, how does this make you feel? Because this is, like, you wouldn't expect me to be doing this to you. In the same way, I wouldn't expect 
you to be doing this to the world. I think what's going on here is partly a lesson for Peter. That's actually, hey Peter, these people, this, this woman who's in need here and is, is on her knees in front of, in front of me begging for the, the, the deepest longing of her heart. Is, these are the dogs that you're referring to, Peter. I think, that, I think that's some of what he's got, like the incongruousness of Jesus saying this kind of thing is like, Peter, that, that, let this be a lesson to you. This isn't a dog. This is a person just like you and me, made in the image of God. Made in the image of God and, and just with flesh on. We are all made in his image and have these physical bodies. To, and, and it doesn't matter if you are whatever race you are from or income you are from or background you are from, you are called to know him. This blessing is never meant just for this one group of people. It's never just meant for Jubilee. It's actually to go out from here to everywhere. But I still feel that this woman here on, the, on her knees begging for her daughter's life and health it's still a rough thing to hear just because Peter's getting a lesson in, in where, the, where the promises of the Jewish people are going. Perhaps it's slightly easier that actually, okay, we're talking about dogs that would be in the house, not feral dogs, well, maybe. But I think there's something else going on here. What is it? Um, Dave, would you come and uh, help me illustrate this, please? If you don't mind, I'll play the part of Jesus and you can play the part of the Syrophoenician Greek woman. Is that, is, is that okay? <laughs> so, you're begging for... for for the health and life of your daughter. She's, she's already emptied herself of stature. She's already lowered herself to the ground. She's not bringing anything to the party here. She's just like, I, I, I think I can see something that you've got, Jesus. And would you heal my daughter? I've heard about you. Would you heal my daughter? Would you heal my daughter? And Jesus is a little bit like, well, I don't know you. You're not part of the Jewish crew. Yes, I'm, I'm coming to the, I'm coming to the Gentiles. I'm coming to, I'm coming to say that actually, that the the promises about what it is to be God's people is not just about the list of foods that you eat and drink and, and that will make you clean and unclean that we read just before in, in this section. is what makes, what makes you a, a person of God is not about the rules that you follow, but is totally about your heart. But still, this is the work I've got to do in my Jewish brothers and sisters first. And you're here on your knees. I don't even know you. But there's something, I feel like something else is going on here a little bit. Why don't you get on your feet? So let's imagine physically that's what's going on. I think spiritually, there's a little bit of this happening. 
a little bit of, you want it? Uh, you, you come asking for this, you want it? And Jesus is like, just give, gives her a shove. Come on then, you want it? Yeah. What does she do? What does she do? She shoves him back. Yeah. She, like, he, he comes with this, this thing about, look, it's not, this thing is for the Jewish people. It's not for the, it's not for the dogs. And, and spiritually, her, her retaliation is, Jesus, I have seen your power. I have heard about you. I've heard about all, all that you can do. I don't know everything about you. I don't know all about this mission. I know something about it, though. I know that if I just got a fraction, just like 1% of 1% of 1% of what's ever on that table, that that would totally satisfy the desire of my heart, that would totally heal my daughter, that would totally satisfy the longing and the, and the desire that I have been hoping for for years and years and years. And it's something so total, so saving, so wholehearted that you would heal my heart, Jesus. Just a crumb. All I need is a crumb because this thing is big that you have got. That's how she shoves Jesus back. When he goes, do you want it? She's like, yeah, I want it. Thank you very much, Dave, for not putting me on my behind. Uh, <laughs> um, Jesus is described in the Bible as our older brother. The wonderful thing about older brothers, um, I haven't got an older brother, but I have got uncles. I learned this. They can, they can talk to, your, they can talk to your, your father, your parents for you. They can reach things that are out of your reach. They can love you wholeheartedly. And at the same time, they can still have you in a headlock and, and, abso and absolutely like be, be winding you up and wrestling with you. And, and there's a joy there in the wrestle. In the, and we, 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 see, we see this actually in the way that Jacob, um, back in the Old Testament, was... Uh, was wrestling with God and he just grabbed hold of him and said, I'm not going, I'm not letting go until you bless me. So I'm wrestling with you. I genuinely think what's going on here is Jesus is just, he's not, he's not withholding. He's going, do you want it then? Like, same, same person who would, um, well, let, let me tell you, uh, memoir, Number two, in youth work, driving young people around. And one person would always, my friend Josh would, if he was in the front seat particularly, actually it didn't matter what seat he was in. If we ever stopped at traffic lights, it didn't matter if the, the car next to us was a Range Rover, some souped up Golf GTI, or some dear sweet old lady. He'd go, Tim, they want it. Like, as in, they want a race. Go on, rev your engine. Like, like look over it and just like, and rev the tiny engine, tiny diesel engine of your big lumbering people carrier and see if you can do the exciting race with them, whoever it is. It doesn't matter. Rev your engine at God. 
That's what we're going to do this week. Actually, we're going to get physical on him. Like we're taking, this spirit, we're taking this spiritual discipline of prayer and now we're involving our bodies in fasting. We're making this physical. We're going to have a bit of a wrestle with our older brother. And there's quite a few of us. All right, I reckon, I reckon if we all like gang up together, I think we might be able to... We're not going to win, all right? We're not going to win, <laughs> okay? But what I am saying is that we might start living as, as fasting re- empties ourselves of anything that we could bring to the table. We might start living and directing our thoughts like we have actually got an older brother who has gone before and won a victory for us. That we might start living in at the house long enough that we actually get past the niceties. Hi, Jesus, how are you? Yes, oh yeah, not too bad, thank you. And getting past the handshakes to actually be there long enough that we're actually wrestling a little bit. And that's fun. That's a good place to be. We're saying that we, we might start living in the tiniest fraction of 1% of 1% of 1%, just that tiny little crumb of the sacrifice that he went through on the cross to win us to him. I'm saying that we might hold, we might be in the house and or hold on to him for long enough that we actually get to see what his point of view is. That we that we understand what his priorities are. And have our hearts changed and bear his fruit. I'm saying this to us, church, because I need help praying. I need things to, to help me remember what it is that I'm doing. And listen, you, you, might, you might think this idea of fighting with, or wrestling with God is kind of like, well, he's trying to like wrestle stuff off of us and trying to withhold it. I don't mean it like that. Our, our, our war is not with God. Our war is not with Jesus. It's not even, the Bible says, not even with flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual powers and authorities, which Jesus has already defeated. We only, have, we only get to come into this battle because of the victory that he has already won. Yeah? And, and so, but he has won that as our older brother. And he's giving us a shove, going, do you want it? Let's rev our engines a little bit. Let's go, yeah, all right, I want it. And have a bit of fun in the wrestle as well. Now, if you're fasting, how are we going to do this? This is... We've we've talked a bit about what it could be that you're giving up food or changing from... from, um, you're giving up food for a, a day or you might be giving up particular meals or you might say, actually, look, I'm going for simple foods instead of the extravagant ones. I'm, I'm not going to snack. I'm going to just have my meals. Let me highlight to you again, there are no Jesus points available 
for whether or not, how long you fast or how, how much you fast. or, or th- There's nothing like that. This is, this, is just about, this is just about getting involved in the wrestle. Yeah? And, and so it, it may be that this is something totally new to you. Actually, you want to just try maybe like one evening meal. I'm going I'm to miss that evening meal. I'm going to come to the prayer meeting hungry. And then I'm going to eat afterwards. That's brilliant. Get, get involved with that. It might be that there are some, some really valid health concerns uh, that, that you have. Like if you're pregnant, just don't do it. If you're, if you're diabetic, you know how to ma- you'll know how to manage your blood sugars and what your body needs. If, you're, if you've got any history of, if, if it's a current thing of an, of an eating disorder, if you try to con- maybe control some, some of your body image or some really chaotic situation out there because of, with, with the way that you eat, just, just leave this. Just step back from this. This is not, you can, you can fast in other ways. More important that you have a, a healthier relationship with food. If you that is something that you think you might be able to manage, then very much please talk to someone you trust who you can be accountable to to make sure that your priorities are in check before you embark on this. Because, like I say, no Jesus points available for how good your fast is, but actually there's, one, there's, there's a wonder in praying hungry. And or a wonder in saying, I'm giving up this TV show that I would normally watch, so actually I can give my attentions and my time to the Lord this week and just empty out the distractions a little bit. We are going to finish with communion. Yeah. And um, Adam, if you wouldn't mind coming up. I wonder, I wonder could we just have... Um, a few people to serve us communion uh, front row crew. Do you think? Do you think uh, you could do that? I think we need four four people. So Maria, would you be all right to help as well? Is, is that okay? Um, and communion is the Lord's Supper. It's it's a representative bread and wine, representative of His body, representative of His blood that saves us, that welcomes us into his family and the, and the, bread, is, is, um, uh, the, the, the bread is representative of, of the unity and body of Christ that we have together. And what I'd love us to, to do, if you, are, if, if you love the Lord Jesus, then you are welcome at this table. You don't have to go through any particular ritual to do it. Um, but why don't, uh, what I'd love us to do is to, to come up, and I wonder if we could just stand now. And before, before, we move, before we move to take communion, I'd just love us to have in our mind the things that, the things that we would where we're saying, Lord, I just need a crumb here. Actually, there's something going on. Maybe he's, maybe he's going, look, okay, the disciples talked about, why didn't this come out? Was, you know, we prayed and this, this hasn't happened. Well, maybe 
you know, Jesus is saying, this is a prayer and fasting thing. For me, it's much more, well, have you even prayed about it in the first place? But there'll be something in your mind where it's like, Lord, all I need is a crumb of your goodness here. And I want us to, to have that on our hearts, some kind of impolite prayer, some, some kind of this is, just, this is just exactly what is on my heart, not the niceties, not the, oh, Jesus, hi, nice to meet you. I'm at your table again. No, bring what is on your heart to him. As we take the bread um, and take the, the wine, the, the juice, all of the, all of the wine is actually juice, so it's all non-alcoholic, and there are some gluten-free oat cakes on the, on the uh, place as well. Um, so let's, let's come forward. Let's, let's, as, we, as we sing, let's be served um, and enjoy together the Lord's Supper. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.